0: Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. That way you don't miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to follow me. Julian council on Twitter at Julian council where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions participate in tomorrow's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian council. Today's episode of lockdown Panthers is yet another NFL crossover Thursday. Going to sit down, With Alex Clancy, the host of Locked On Cardinals and Crossover Thursday, is presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun, and it's easy to play. No competing with other players; it's just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love Price Picks and we know you will too. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 or promo code locked on. That's PricePicks.com, promo code locked on. Panthers, Cardinals, two teams, one and two, facing off at Bank of America Stadium to avoid being one and three. We know the conversation was at the start of last week. Will Matt Rule last any longer? When will he get fired? Well, they won a game, finally, and it would have been interesting if the Panthers had lost a 10-straight game because the last time they would have won a game would have been back in November when they beat these exact same Arizona Cardinals, Sands, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray will be there on Sunday. They'll not have Duke Hopkins, and we'll see how the weather Plays out of Hurricane Ian headed here to Charlotte, North Carolina, probably here on Friday and then a little bit on Saturday. Well, a lot, probably a lot on Saturday. We'll see how much of the remnants are still here on Sunday afternoon and what kind of um, impact that has on the game. And the Cardinals have a coach in Cliff Kingsbury. Not up to a great start. Went to the playoffs last year. You got a contract extension. There's still some thought that if things go sideways, maybe he's not going to be the coach in Arizona Past this season would be a lot of money for that owner there in the desert to have to pay. And it's a lot of money that David Tepper here in Carolina would have to pay. So, going to take uh, some time here today. Locked on info, Crossover Thursday. Sit back and talk to Alex Clancy. those host of Locked on Cardinals coming up right now. All right, it's another Locked On NFL crossover Thursday. Julian Council, host of Locked On Panthers. Alex Clancy, host of Locked On Cardinals. Panthers and Cardinals, two one and two teams, playing Sunday afternoon at Bank of America Stadium in Uptown Charlotte. Alex, how you doing, man? You know, I'm fine, except for the fact that I have no
1: idea what the team that I covered is at all. Oh, like, you too? I have no idea. I'm I'm, I'm hurting. I'm struggling to find a definition of what the Arizona Cardinals are.
0: Well, we know what their record is. It's the same record of the Carolina Panthers yeah. entering this week, where it's two – I mean, it's a big game for both of these teams to get on the, the right track, where the Cardinals one and two, Panthers one and two, different ways they've gotten there. Carolina losing two close games in the first two weeks against teams that they thought they should have beaten the Cleveland Browns with a backup quarterback in Jacoby Reset. And then week two against the Giants team, who – was not supposed to be one of the better teams in the NFL this, this year. And they're off to a 2-1 and one start after losing on Monday Night Football in Arizona. Great comeback week, too. But after that, there's a bunch of blowouts in week one against the 49ers, uh, not the 49ers, but against the, uh, the Chiefs, and then last week losing to the Rams. So heading into Sunday's matchup, what is the biggest storyline for the Arizona Cardinals as they prepare for the Carolina Panthers?
1: They have to remember that there's a first half of football because they haven't shown up for it in the first three weeks, which really, yeah. you know, Julian, it blows my mind um, how that's possible. The Cardinals have had a kind of a clunky offseason. Um, they've had a clunky preseason. They've had a clunky start to the season. Now, you could say that it's because it was a murderer's row of the Chiefs in week one with something to prove, and then the Raiders, you know, who obviously are better than a no-win-three record, and then the reigning Rams, the Rams, the Rams, Super Bowl champs at home. But they've gifted all three of those teams two scores before waking up and realizing football was being played, which it it just kind of blows my mind. So that's the storyline. How it impacts the game is if they can put four quarters together, we're going to find out what the Arizona Cardinals team is. I mean, traveling across country, they haven't, you know, they haven't beat the Panthers since 2013. It's been that long. Yeah. And that includes the, the uh, massacre in the NFC championship game. Yeah. Yeah. Like 2019
0: in the last two years. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What the Cardinals need to do. And I know last year was Colt McCoy, but what the Cardinals need to do is wake up, and realize that kickoff is the start of the game and not the second half, you know? I mean, that's really it. And I'm do not i making light of it, but that's that's it. That's the key.
0: It's wild to me because the Cardinals are typically a team, like you cover them, obviously. They usually get off to really hot starts, and then they fall apart in the second half of the season. Now they can't even get off to a hot start even in the first half. I've seen that they've only scored, what, one first-half touchdown to start off the season. They haven't scored yet in the first quarter, and they're the only team in the league that's done that. Now, Carolina would be right there with them if the Panthers had not gone out there and gotten a defensive touchdown the first quarter last week. Because other than that, the offense has not done anything. So the biggest storyline for the Panthers heading into this week is very similar to Arizona. It's getting off to a fast start on offense because they have not done that week one against the Browns where Matt Rule talked about how in the final 35 minutes they were one of the top three offenses in the league. Well, sorry, buddy, they play 60 minutes, so that doesn't really count. <laughs> And then against the Giants, they were just hanging on as they fumbled on their first two possessions on the opening kick and only scored six points in that half. And they just have not been good. And a lot of it's fallen on Baker Mayfield. And when are we going to start seeing Baker play like the player that the Carolina Panthers gave up that draft compensation and asked to give back some of his money so he could come here to Carolina? When are they going to start seeing the guy who's supposed to be an upgrade from Sam Drona? Because really, he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL for the through the first three weeks of the season, currently he's ranked 32nd in the league, which is dead last in co- total QPR. He's 31st in completion percentage. The only other quarterback he's ahead of who started all three games this season is Justin Fields of the Bears, who's looked awful. 28th in passing, 25th in touchdown passes, and his 25th in passer rating. Like I understand that Baker was not here for OTAs, mandatory minicamp, and I put a lot of that on the Browns just being a bunch of knuckleheads and not trying to trade Baker as soon as possible. And also yeah. the Panthers brass, like, not meeting whatever their demands were. I'm sure they were probably a little bit absurd, but still, you didn't help yourself. And then to have the sham quarterback competition once he got here, when they spent the entirety of the offseason trying to find a replacement for Sam Darnold, and once they did that, they went into the final week of the preseason to finally hand him the keys to the number one offense, the, the first-team offense. Like, that has held him back, but still, man, those numbers – are staggering and he leads the league also in seven batted balls at the line of scrimmage which he's led the league in since he's entered back in 2018 so baker has to be much better this week and moving forward i understand the first three weeks trying to gain comfort in that offense behind the offensive line but now week four you're basically at the quarter pole in the season you cannot be as bad as you've been the first three weeks of the year especially it's an arizona team whose defense has not really been all that good so far this season yeah, you
1: know, it's interesting. It's interesting you say that because Baker like if you look at it from like a Monet standpoint, the Browns and the and the um and the Panthers are kind of built the same offensively. Like you've got a rushing attack, but it's really one guy yeah. instead of two. It should be one where Baker can kind of thrive a little bit more than he has and you've rattled off the laundry list. DJ Moore is probably the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. And I feel like every year, especially if you play fantasy football, he always finishes top 12 or top 13 but I don't understand if it's just OTAs, you know, not having the cohesion, but you're right. Like what we're going to find out a lot about both of these teams on Sunday, because this is, this is a defining moment in the season. The first quarter of the season ends on Sunday and, you know, give or take and a team dropping to one and three in their division that, you know, in their respective divisions is not a death sentence, but it's going to be very difficult to overcome if they want to, win the division or make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, especially for Carolina. Their first for their, four of their first five games are all at home. Like They can't go off and start off one and two at home, and then they have San Francisco next week. Have no mm-hmm. idea what you're going to see from Jimmy Garoppolo. but We know the guy's capable of at least helping that team get to the Super Bowl in an NFC title game. And it's a Cardinals team, like you mentioned, they've dominated Arizona. So, yeah, they got to lean on the run game of Christian McCaffrey, who unfortunately came up on the injury report with a thigh injury. Uh, Matt Rule did not have much to report. Said he'll talk more about it on Thursday. We're recording this on Wednesday, so we have not yet heard from Matt Rule on Thursday. Just let the people out there wondering. Um, so that could be a concern. That McCaffrey's not healthy to go on Sunday afternoon. So two offenses that clearly need to figure things out. Heading on Sunday, like you said, Alex, going to learn a lot about both of these teams as they try to avoid a one and three start. And Arizona, seeing those a playoff team last year. Carolina's a team with a coach, I think, like Cliff Kingsbury, who really needs to win this year or he might not have a job come black Monday in
1: the NFL in January. Isn't that funny? And we're going to talk about a lot more through this crossover podcast, but like they did it different ways. So the Panthers brass gave Matt rule, the bill self you're going to be the head coach forever contract. It seems like but yeah. they give him seven years, seven, seven years, years, like $60 seven million. Years. Yeah. So which is more outside the box, but not in a good way. What they gave cliff the five-year extension, after the extension starts after this season or giving Matt rule, like the lump sum lottery winner money, seven year right out the gate without, you know, sight unseen, which you think is more like out of normalcy when it comes to contracts for coaches.
0: Well, the extension's pretty normal. You look at college and how many, like the guys get extended for just going to a bowl games. Yeah. Oh, Hey, yeah. Oh, we've sucked for two years. You took us to a seven and five, a uh, bowl game season. Like, go ahead. Here's a seven year deal. Yeah. I mean, Matt Rule, they understood it was going to be a building process. Now, do you need to give him seven years? Maybe five makes a lot more sense. Uh, You could look at it either way because maybe Cliff has actually earned it. But at the end of the day, they're both college coaches. And one of them, Cliff Kingsbury, he really didn't have that much success at all outside of having NFL quarterbacks. And one of them, he said, get out of town. I'd rather have Davis Webb. And that guy plays here in Carolina. So that's an interesting storyline as far as Baker wanting to get revenge once again on Cliff, which he did multiple times back at OU. And then Matt Rule. Never won a conference championship, never beat a ranked team, but he did show that he was a builder of of a program back in college. Has not quite done that yet here in Carolina. Has one more year to do it. So two guys who, well, at least Matt Rules probably had back to college. I don't know what's going to happen with Kingsbury Kingsbury if he uh, does not work out in Arizona. But let's take a look at some of the uh, key matchups here, Alex, uh, after this quick pause here on Lockdown Panthers and Lockdown Cardinals for this NFL this Lockdown NFL crossover Thursday. Betonline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find and as always Betonline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events including major league baseball mma boxing and even golf head to betonline.net and use your mobile device to learn more about all the action going on bet online where the game starts
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, back here, Locked On NFL crossover Thursday. Julian Council, host of Locked On Panthers. Alex Clancy, host of Locked On Cardinals. Panthers, Cardinals, week four matchup at Bank of America Stadium in Uptown Charlotte. We're looking at matchups, Alex. These offenses have been terrible. You got to be thinking. We're looking at the opposite side of the ball and wondering which offense might be able to get, uh, have a better start based off of the defense that they're pl- that you're playing. What are you looking at as far as matchups heading into this game on Sunday afternoon?
1: I'm already having nightmares about Jeremy Chin, man. Like, <laughs> so here's the thing Isaiah Simmons, Jeremy Chin, same draft, 58 spots. I just did the math. I didn't know this offhand. I just looked it up. 58 Good. spots that would the last pick of the second round, Jeremy Chin was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. And Jeremy Chin made like, Nightmare waves for opposing offenses immediately. Like immediately. I think he had one defensive touchdown, if not two, his rookie year. Like I remember, and don't hold me that, but what on we back, the back to back
0: plays, Back back oh, okay, place. So right. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's what it was. I do remember that because I was that was nightmare fuel for Cardinals fans. So Isaiah Simmons, they're still trying to figure out a spot for him. Okay. Jeremy Chin, he makes his own spot. He's that hybrid linebacker safety role that you see Derwin James play. He's definitely a different player than Derwin James. He's big, and like Isaiah Simmons is still kind of a lost third-year player on the defense. What I'm looking for matchup-wise is Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and scheming around Jeremy Chin and the front seven. Like that's Jeremy Chin is is the person I'll be watching all all game on Sunday because that's the guy I'm already thinking like that's the guy that the Cardinals have to scheme around. And you know, it's I'm also curious to see how people defend Kyler Murray with his lack of running the ball so far this season.
0: Yeah, and Matt Rule brought this up because he faced Kyler Murray multiple times back when his head coach at Baylor and Kyler was at OU, and he knows the speed. just talks about his elite speed and how great of an athlete he is, and you really can't necessarily scheme for it. It's part of why they have such fast team defense here on Carolina to be able to go against quarterbacks like Kyler Murray. And it's interesting that you bring up Isaiah Simmons because that is someone on draft night back in 2020 as we're all in lockdown and that's the only thing we could really watch to get excited about our everyday lives. I was sitting there just banging the table for yeah. Carolina to draft Isaiah Simmons. Little did I know the next day they were going to trade up and get a guy in Jeremy chin who does exactly the same things that we thought Simmons was going to do in the NFL. And he's done it so far at a higher level, at least here in Carolina. So I'm just curious, like, what is like the Cardinals defensive staff doing with this guy? Like, why have they not put him in a position to succeed? Like, phil snow's done here in carolina the phil snow being a defensive coordinator here for the carolina panthers that's just that's interesting to me, I don't,
1: yeah well it is because the <laughs> thing is like oh there's so many connections here that's right because the panthers drafted derrick brown a pick before yeah uh, isaiah simmons in the 2020 draft derrick brown was a guy that would short the, the defensive line for the cardinals he's played well uh i guess you could say in carolina um it's okay yeah right well, well here's the thing like he's played better than i like isaiah simmons i was Stoked when they, I was like, the fanboy in me is like, Oh my God, really? With Buda Baker on this deep, like, this is going to be fun. And then it hasn't really panned out. There's a couple things you can look at here with the Isaiah Simmons journey, the plight so far. One, Steve Kime hasn't put enough talent on the defensive side of the ball to allow Isaiah Simmons to play one position. So Vance Joseph is really closing his eyes, throwing a dart at a dartboard, saying, Let's try him here now. And that's not working. Hassan Reddick has become a cautionary tale. In Arizona, because he played in three different or four different defensive schemes from his last year in college through his second to last year with the Cardinals. And they finally found him. They moved him outside. They're like, Okay, see quarterback, hey quarterback. You're good at that. We forgot. And then he goes to Carolina, has 12 sacks, ever at how many sacks, and now he's getting all his cheese in Philly. They didn't learn from that. And that's what we're witnessing now with the guy who Hassan Reddick would fit in his pocket. Like, Hassan Renick is an undersized pass rusher. He's an absolute baller. Isaiah Simmons was built in a lab, and they can't figure it out. I'm like, this is going to happen again. I've just been pounding the table. Move him outside, see quarterback, hit quarterback. One thing, their pass rush is terrible. Just do it. I know it's a little out of position for him, but to answer your question, long story, is they don't know what the hell to do with him.
0: Which is making me think, since the Panthers staff figured out how to use Hassan Reddick, who had twelve and a half sacks in his final year yeah. in Arizona, than eleven last year, maybe 11. Isaiah Simmons could be the next reclamation project on the defensive side of the ball. If things don't work out for him in Arizona, I know you don't want that, <laughs> yeah. but it makes me excited, especially if Phil Snow's still here, someone who knows how to figure out what, how to use these defensive weapons. But as far as matchups for me in Carolina, I'm looking at that Cardinals defense, which apparently has not been very good. Currently, they're ranked 31st in expected points added per play, and they're dead last in yards uh, allowed per play. And the Panthers' offense, like we talked about, like the Cardinals, has got off to a slow start. They only have one touchdown in the first half, I think, in the first half period all year so far. If they're going to start playing well, play against a defense, that's been fairly leaky so far. And maybe Baker Mayfield can finally feel comfortable and can get the ball out to guys like DJ Moore. And you talk about how underrated DJ is? So far, he's underrated even on his own team. He only has seven receptions for 88 yards and a touchdown. He got six targets on Sunday against the saints, one reception, two yards. Like that's unacceptable. And I know someone put out a stat earlier this week. uh, One of the reporters for the athletic um, Joe person about like DJ more, not getting enough separation. I'm sorry. It's not separation when on multiple occasions on Sunday afternoon, Baker Mayfield was air mailing the ball when DJ is there open on a corner route. So certainly Baker's going to be a lot better, but I'm looking at hopefully he can be able to find that comfort level going up against the defense that has not been good. And then on the other side of the ball, Panthers defense has been excellent. I think they're going to have much issue trying to defend Kyler Murray. Like Kyler's obviously fast, but guys like Brian Burns that can run like Frankie Luva, who's been awesome so far to start off the season at that linebacker position, filling in for Hassan Reddick, who's now in Philadelphia. Then you add in Dante Jackson, who, I think he had two picks last year against the Cardinals. Like every time he sees Arizona, dating back to 2019, Dante Jackson has an excellent game. So I'm curious to see how he plays on Sunday when he does have a neck injury, so he may uh, be limited, might not play at all, not quite sure yet as far as the injury update goes there. So those are certainly matchups I'm looking forward for the Carolina Panthers to get up to a fast start against a defense that has not been really good. And then for this defense that's fast and physical to go out there and to cause some sort of havoc on Sunday against the Cardinals.
1: Yeah, you know, there's – I've been a, um, a Vance Joseph – like I'm the uh, – I'm his campaign manager.
0: Oh, okay. uh, cause I
1: Because I, I think Vance Joseph has done a masterful job. Not perfect, but he's done a masterful job with what's been handed to him on the defensive side of the ball since he's taken over as the D.C. Um, with a head coach that doesn't know where the defensive locker room is, he's pretty much the head coach of half the football – of half the football team. And Chandler Jones goes out in 2020, the pass rush gets better. Last year the defense was pretty good. It wasn't great. A lot of injuries and a lot of rookies having to play positions that they shouldn't be playing so early into their tenure in the NFL. This year, Vance Joseph is looked at is going to be looked at as the scapegoat if things go wrong. I've said it since June, but Steve Kime hasn't done anything for the defense, and he's done everything for the offense. The offense is supposed to be the strength, and they haven't been so far. To get to your point of the offense not being the defense not being very good, I agree, and. They've played a lot better the last six quarters. You know, they've they held the Rams the Raiders to three points in the second half and overtime, and they held the the Rams to, even though there were a couple of drop touchdown passes, to you know, a, an average game for a much better offense than what we saw. All they have to do is set the table for the offense. They've got to force three and outs sometimes. They can't be long sustained drives. Cardinals can't go down two scores, but also the offense has to do their job. So it really is. Uh, give and take tug of war between the two. I wouldn't put it solely on the defense.
0: Yeah. And, and Arizona's played a ton of plays. Like we had, we got 81 plays last week for a 12 and only 12 points, which is just insane. The Panthers have had the fewest amount of plays. I think they're third fewest in the league. Now I look at the top three in the league, like the Cardinals are in there and those teams are all one and two. And then there's two teams ahead of Carolina in Baltimore and Philadelphia that have, play, have played one more offensive play, and they're both 3-0, and or they're, one of them is 2 I think it's actually Baltimore-Miami. Miami's 3-0. and Baltimore's 2-1. and So I don't really know if there's a correlation. But I will say, though, Carolina has oftentimes lost the turnover – not the turnover, the time of possession battle because their offense has not been able to sustain drives. So if Arizona's going out there and having the 19, 16, and 17 play drives that they had a week ago – That might be into their favor on Sunday afternoon, especially if they can wear down this defense. I don't think this defense is going to be out there that long, but offensively, very curious to see if the Panthers' offense can stay on the field because that could be a factor late in the fourth quarter, as we saw a year ago, when this offense could not sustain the drives. And they're 30th in the league right now in third down conversion percentage at 27%. It's been terrible. If they can't sustain drives, it's possible they get worn down by a Cardinals running attack that might not be that physical, but certainly can wear you down over the course of 60 minutes. So we'll see how we'll see how those matches plan out on Sunday afternoon against the Cardinals and the Panthers. Again, Julian Couts here locked on Panthers. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. It is a locked on NFL crossover Thursday. When we come back, we give it our score predictions. Well, the Panthers go two and two or drop to one and three or the Cardinals figure things out, go to two and two. We will figure it out here in just a moment on this locked on NFL crossover Thursday. Here's the lesson. You don't want to be that guy and you certainly don't want it splattered all over the internet. The guys at bright kill Julia insurance will make sure you get a replacement for the full value of that ring. No matter if it's lost, stolen, or you just can't figure out what happened to it, go to bright.co slash locked on. It's the fastest, easiest, and cheapest way to cover your butt with the best Julia insurance in the
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: All right, back here, Locked On NFL Crossover Thursday. Julian Council, Locked On Panthers. Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. Alex. Alex. Both these teams trying to avoid the dreaded one in three start. The Panthers already started off zero and two. Certainly don't want to be one and three, and we know the numbers for what happens to teams that start off with those kind of records. They typically don't go to the playoffs. Carolina Panthers only one time in their franchise history have they started off zero and two and one in three, and actually made the playoffs. That was back in twenty uh, was it thirteen when Ron Rivera was the head coach here, when a lot of people were yelling for him to get fired. So maybe there's that correlation with Matt Rule in his third season, with everyone wanting him to go but things that have been a lot more tame this week after finally winning a game against the Saints. Score predictions. How are you feeling about this game Sunday with the Cardinals and the Panthers? Who you got?
1: I mean, there's a baked-in response here because if the Cardinals lose, there's going to be very uncomfortable conversations happening Monday morning. Like, very uncomfortable. And it's not to say that the Cardinals should win this game. Like, we're way past the Uncle Rico-ing of this when they started 7-0 last year. Like, I don't care if you can throw a football over a mountain at this point. You've got to go across the country, beat a good defense, go to two and two. And if they get some help from the 49ers on Monday night, they could be tied for first in the NFC West after one of the worst starts we've seen, you know, from second one to the last second of the games through three weeks. Um, I think the Cardinals will win. The over under is 43. I can't find 43 points with these two teams. Oh, like, God. I can't find it. I can't find it. Um, you know, I think the Cardinals will win. I think it'll be like 17-13. It's going to be ugly, and yeah, but I'm not confident in that. Like, if, <laughs> if Carolina wins, I'll be like, how they win is almost as important as if they win from a Cardinals' perspective. And I, I think the Cardinals will win 17-13 in a, in I, a kind of pounded-out game.
0: Okay, before I get to mine, I got a couple questions for you about this, what yeah. you just said there, too, and, and one of them is unrelated, though. Um, So we got a hurricane coming through here. I know you yeah. guys, you don't have to deal with that out west, which is nice, but you do have the oppressive heat. Basically year round. And I guess you don't do the whole daylight savings time thing. So I don't ever know what time it is out in Arizona. But hey, we have oppressive heat here too. We have a humidity, which is awful. And yeah. I've been Arizona. I don't believe in the whole dry heat thing. Like when it's 110, <laughs> it's 110, man. Buddy, it's hot. Um, if it does if this if the rain is still here, how much does that change potentially the outcome for you as far as Arizona and what they want to do game plan wise offensively? You know. I still think they should be establishing the
2: run
1: first. Like, just because Kyler Murray just got a lot of money doesn't mean he has to throw the ball 45 times. Like, I'd much rather Kyler throw the ball 30 times than rush the ball 25 times. Like, James Conner, Darrell Williams, Eno Benjamin, they're a machine back there, even though uh, James Conner is only averaging three yards per carry. They've got to establish the run, rain, shine, hurricane, you know, vacuum, whatever. So I think that the game plan should be that way anyways. And I think that it will intensify if there's uh, inclement weather, like it seems like there will be. I just hope that it's not, you know, them playing on a, in a swimming pool like it was in Chicago when they didn't remember to put filters in or whatever drains under the field uh, in that game against San Francisco. Yeah, but yeah. I, be, I, I, go ahead.
0: You know, oh yeah, shouldn't be an issue here in Carolina. I think most of the rain supposed to come Friday and Saturday. Might still be a little wet. They have an MLS game the night before, and it's field turf here in Charlotte, Mm -hmm. where they have to have the NFL lines also painted on. So that's going to be goofy looking for Saturday for the MLS game. But then those yellow lines will be off as far as the MLS soccer field goes. So the field should be fine. The good thing is they don't play on grass, at least for this situation. Most people would rather them still play on grass, especially the players. And we saw what just happened up in New York with Sterling Shepard and all the numbers that come out about those kind of injuries. But um, before I get that, my second question, because I think it kind of goes hand in hand with Carolina. I I think the Panthers will win this game. I don't have a score prediction because I'm a coward. And also like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, I, I, I hate that. They're like, Hey, give us a score predictions. Like, I don't know. I think the Panthers will win. I think it's like the, the lines like one and a half. We were at on line with Carolina. Our friends over at on line, of course, uh, with Carolina, yeah. I think favored at home. So it's a pick em. And I look at just the Cardinals defense. You talk about, they've been better the last six quarters. I think they can be had. I'm ho- I'm expecting Chris McCaffrey is barring that he's actually healthy enough the play. So you have start another, him in DFS, right.
1: start him everywhere. I'm, I'm expecting him, everywhere. him
0: to have another big <laughs> afternoon running the yeah. football and they still need to be committed to him. And at some point in time that you got to imagine DJ Moore is going to be a big part of this offense. And it could be this week. And just looking at what Arizona has offensively. Like as far as like playmakers, like y'all have been banged out, banged up on, on the wide receiver core, like in, Carolina, for the most part, outside of Dante Jackson, that secondary is healthy. They have not been great getting after the passers so far this year. That the team speed on defense, I think, will be good enough. And they've dominated this Cardinals team. Like, the past two years, Carolina has not been very good, especially 2020. Arizona is still trying to come up as well. And then last year, Cardinals a playoff team. Panthers lost nine straight games after they beat Arizona. And so, they have not been good, but yet they found a way to beat the Arizona Cardinals. So, I think they get to two and two. And that further stems the tide of all the talk about firing Matt rule. And you talked about it. The Cardinals go one and three. It's going to be a tough conversation there. And it's going to be a tough conversation for me as well on Monday. Like, I don't know how you felt, but I was relieved to sit here on Sunday afternoon recording Monday's episode and not have to talk about, oh, do we fire the coach now? Like how much longer does the coach last? Like it feels like for the loser of our game, we're going to be having very similar conversations as far as like the head coach and how much longer before the guillotine falls on his head and he's out of town.
1: Yeah. These two are, um, you know, jockeying for position on first head coach fired. You know, they're always right up towards the top. Mike McCarthy's always there because he's, you know, he's coaching the Cowboys, but it's, it's Matt rule. It's been cliff. And the, the interesting part is like, I don't think it's going to be cliff. If somebody were to get fired mid season, it's going to be Vance Joseph because that's how Steve Kime set up this self-fulfilling prophecy of overload the offense negate any sort of real talent on the defense that you bring in you have your scapegoat it's not going to be cliff it'll be vance and i've been calling this since since you know the beginning of training camp i'm like or the beginning of the offseason like this is going to happen if the cardinals regress it's not going to be cliff because bidwell is too you know too eagle is the wrong word he's too out of touch to understand what the ramifications are of a five-year contract extension after seeing what's happened unceremoniously the last half of the last two seasons. So yeah, you're right. It's going to be weird. I'll probably DM you on Twitter and, you know, and, and give you a pound and be like, good luck, bro. Cause one of us are not going to have a fun conversation on Monday.
0: Yeah. And I'll throw this one out here too. Well, I think Carolina is going to win. Uh, who's the secondary coach here in Carolina. Now it's Steve Wilkes, your <laughs> former head coach who currently is suing <laughs> right. the league and the Arizona Cardinals yeah. for Cliff basically being their head coach after being a failed college coach at Texas tech. And for only getting one year, and being what you're saying Van jo- Vance Joseph would be, the black man scapegoat, as mm-hmm. I like to call it. Like, you mm-hmm. always get an opportunity if you're head coach to fire your coordinators. Matt Rule had that opportunity last year when he got rid of Joe Brady. This would be Cliff Kingsbury's opportunity. But Steve Wilkes, I know he's not calling the plays, but he's going to have those boys ready. They're going to go win yeah. one for old man Wilkes. They'll get get revenge against the uh, the team and the owner who he feels like he was done wrong by. And I, I mean, it's really hard to argue against that. Like, I wasn't there, but one year, one and done. With Josh Rosen as quarterback, didn't really feel like he was set up for success that up that season. But again, you and your listeners have way more insight on how those things went down. But yeah, it could be awkward conversations for the two of us, depending on uh, who wins this game on Sunday. And I'm certainly hoping I don't have to sit here and again have to try and calm the locals down about we want Matt Rule's head. I'm a
1: procrastinator. Let's just take a tie. Let's go 17-17 and move oh. on the hell of the next week. Just give me... Give me a tie. Give me that MLS energy from Saturday night. Just give me that tie. Give me that. Just come on. What like, that we, would be the ideal scenario, right, for both of us. What are we thinking- even
0: say if they tie? <laughs> what, like, what, what is the conversation? Like, what? Uh, oh, what, I don't know. I, well, in the MLS, MLS game, they're playing, like, Philadelphia, who's, like, the top team in MLS, apparently. So, they're probably going to get drubbed. So, it won't be any MLS energy. But, uh damn, I really hope there's not a tie because I would just, like – be such a waste of a sunday it's like i would sit here and watch this game oh no one wins i reward you no points sir (laughs) and may god have mercy on your soul oh my god all right it's been fun alex uh locked on nfl crossover thursday brought to you by our friends over at prize picks i have julian council host of Locked On panthers he's house clancy host of locked on cardinals check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Store, all the, well, Stitcher, whatever the hell it's on. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast. Also on YouTube, Locked On Panthers, Locked On Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter. What's your Twitter, uh, Alex? I'm at Julian Council. You are at? Clancy's Corner. Clancy's Corner. So go follow them on Twitter, Panther fans, You go uh, give them hell once they lose on Sunday. Or actually, don't do that. Be like a genuine human being. Don't be crazy. Give them the Southern hospitality after uh, Sunday afternoon's game. But, again, check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can check us out on YouTube. And for my listeners, uh, tomorrow is Friday, so a weekly Friday mailbag. At me, DM me on Twitter to get your mailbag questions. in. that's going to wrap it up here for this edition of Locked on Panthers and Locked on Cardinals. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. Stay dry if you're here in the Carolinas, and we will talk to you guys on Sunday or Monday, I guess, and also tomorrow. Goodbye. <laughs>